Okay, welcome to the Friday Vibe of the Vibe with Vic podcast. I'm your host, Vic, and welcome to the Vibe. Vibe Tribe, it's Friday. It's Labor Day weekend. What are we doing? Are we on a three-day weekend? Are we on a four-day weekend? What are you doing? It's about to be hot to trot in Minnesota. This is the last of the last before fall starts coming, but people have already started making soups, you guys. We got a small, crisp breeze last weekend, and people started making soup. I don't blame them. I feel like the leaves are already changing. We're a four-season crew over here, up here in the Midwest. We kind of like it. We like the hot, but we definitely like our fall. If you don't like fall up here, then, like, who are you? The apple orchards, like, everything the bonfires in a different way you know there's a summer bonfire but there's a fall bonfire you feel me okay so all right this week what are we doing right (laughs) if you haven't been listening I didn't drop a pod last Friday, but I definitely dropped a pod on Monday. That was a bonus episode of The Ultimatum. I will definitely be going over that later on in the pod, how this is going to work today. We are, I am, I should say, I always like to say we, because we're in this together. You're, you're, you're my tribe and we vibe. I love it. Um, I'm going to start off. I have no rants. I have no randomness. Um, you know, news vibe, just a reminder, but by the time you see this, the deadline is passed. So I guess I have no news for you either. Um, and then I just, you know, we're going to slide into the pop vibe and then we're going to talk about show vibes. I'm going to go over Real Housewives in New York and then I'm going to, you know, end the pod with the ultimatum. So (laughs) it is so late tonight like it's it's been a a wild week you know I just feel like people have been psycho like not even off their rocker I think people like I don't know what the fuck is in the air I don't know what's in the water I understand that there's a full moon I understand that we've had two full moons in the month of August okay 100% understand that if you've seen the moon I tried to find it tonight I tried to find it I couldn't find it it didn't come smack me in the face. I missed it. I missed the blue moon and now it's not going to be back until like, what, 2027, 2028, something like that. <sighs> These things. But other than that, I just feel like people have been driving crazy. I think, I don't know what it is. I just can't put my finger on it. But folks are nuts. I just had to get that off my chest and thank you so much for listening to that. So I guess that is a slight rant, maybe possibly a little bit. Okay. So let's first and four, let's talk about the pop vibe. So, you know, last week I missed y'all and there was some big news that came out about Scooter Braun and we all know he used to be, he used to manage T Swift's like her whole music, like career, he did, stabbed her in the back, but let me tell you something, (laughs) if there's anything I've learned about Taylor Swift, he Swifty, I just have to give credit where credit's due, you guys, 
I used to think Taylor Swift was mad annoying. I couldn't stand her. But as I grew and evolved myself, watched her documentaries, and leaned into a little more, I get it. I don't get her like the Swifties do. But I will say this. She's a mastermind. Her songs tell a story and always have, but she gets the sweetest revenge on folks. And I love that. I also love the fact that she gives extra bonuses to the truck drivers who are driving for her tour and ensuring that she, her dancers, and all the concert setup is safely brought from city to city. Taylor is the woman who has no in-between. She either rides for you or doesn't. There is no gray area, and that is where I have to give her respect. I never thought I would love her. I like I just I never thought I would have love for her like this. But I love for her like I love her from afar. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a Swifty, but I respect her. Um You know, she just does her thing. Okay? She just does her thing. And I know there's a lot of conversation. Um a lot of comparison between Taylor Swift and Beyonce. And I need everybody to understand they are two different type of women. They do things differently. They get their points across differently. We need to stop comparing. Stop it. Okay. The Bayhive doesn't like it and the Swifties don't like it. We don't need that. Okay. Let's all work together. We don't have to hold hands. We can stand next to each other, though, okay? All right, next up, um, in Pop Vibes, the divorce is back on for Kim and Croy Bierman. I don't know the details. I don't fucking care. They're a hot mess. Kim needs to eat. She needs to lay off the marble reds, and she just needs to get her life together. And if everybody who's doing all the investigation saying that Croy has this property and Croy has that property and he's a fucking millionaire... Croy is an ex-football player. They have the worst pension in all of sports history. He doesn't have any money. He needs to file for bankruptcy. The girl has used and dried up the girl, a.k.a. his current wife, has dried up his bank account due to a gambling addiction. Stop it. And I told you guys I don't have details, but I that's surface level. Okay? Surface. Um, this next news that I'm going to share with you guys, I just want to tell you that I am smiling ear to ear. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's evil. I feel, I should feel bad for saying it, but I don't. So remember the times I would come on this pod and recap Summer House telling you how much I cannot stand Lindsay Hubbard and how Lindsay and Carl will not work out. Hate, but actually love telling you that it's official. Carl has called off the engagement to Lindsay Hubbard. This is hot off the press. And the best part of this breakup is that it's all on film, you guys. We will see the mess. That's crazy of me to say. It's all on film, and I saw this coming. I saw this coming from last season, but most viewers were like, let them be happy. They're good for each other. And I, 
listen, that might be the case, but the biggest issue is that Carl was fresh into his sobriety and deep dived into a relationship. It was only a matter of time. That engagement lasted a year, a year and two days to be exact. They got engaged. Well, they got engaged on the 28th of August of last year. It is the 31st of August, you guys. And there's pictures. It's not good. Carl looks somber. Listen, as this story unveils, I'm going to keep you posted. Or I just might shut the fuck up and just wait till it films and really start talking about the shit. Like, honestly, I have never wholeheartedly been a fan of Lindsay. But she has the hub house train all that jazz. So we will see how this unfolds, you guys. No big deal. Okay, let's move on. We have um, show vibes. I have been indulging in the crowded room on Apple TV with Tom Holland, who's dating. I shouldn't say that because, you know, you really shouldn't connect a person to another person. But to give you guys a visual, Tom Holland is... Zendaya's boyfriend and after indulging in this I'm not I'm almost done not quite but now I understand why he's taking a break after filming y'all thought what's his face had to take a break after doing Jeffrey Dahmer you haven't seen the crowded room yet it is based on Billy Mulligan Billy Mulligan, who had multiple personalities, did all this shit. It's wild. Like, I have to take a break from it. Like, I'm not a psychological thriller type girl. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like watching cult shit. I take that back. I do like watching psychological thrillers to a point. But this, and cult stuff is just not my thing. This is not about a cult. This is about multiple personalities. This is a psychological thriller it's very interesting how it's being unfolded, but I will tell you, like, I'm sure he had to put himself in therapy. I'm sure. Like, I don't think they really talk about what actresses and actors have to do once they have finished filming or being in character. They don't talk about that enough. When you and I'm talking like I know how this is. I'm not an actor dress like that. I, I, yep. But I can't imagine when you play real life crazy people, people who have a place in history. Like, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix, when he became Johnny Cash, and then he indulged in the same addiction that Johnny had when it came to drugs and alcohol. He had to put himself in therapy. He had to put himself into um, a rehab center. Like, it's nuts out here, you guys. So if you have Apple TV, if you're interested in it, I say, hey, lean in. I was given the recommendation. I'm giving you the recommendation. That's it. That's that's what I have for you for show vibes. Um, I'm going to take a slight light break, and then we're just gonna we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into 
Real Housewives of New York. Stay tuned. All right, I'm back. Here we are. Let's talk about uh, Real Housewives of New York. Let me tell you something. This episode was another episode without Uba. Like she made, she's been sick, so she really hasn't been (laughs) on the last two episodes, really. Um, And she's greatly missed. I love me some Uba. I just think that she just brings a different type of energy to the group. Um, So for her to be sick and be missing out on the girls, eh. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a mess. Before I talk about this week's episode, let me tap into last week's high key things that you need to know. Last week's episode was leading up to Aaron's 10 year wedding anniversary in which they wrote their own vows to each other and had their friends write speeches and present them at their vow ceremony. Um, prior to the event and throughout the episode, we find out Bren has been engaged three times and has never actually gotten to uh, the married portion of it. She's basically the runaway bride in real life. Um, We saw that Uba has a special connection, friendship to Jacob the jeweler, and she hooked Aaron the fuck up for her vow ceremony. But Uba caught COVID and couldn't attend the event. Um, let me tell you something about Aaron's vow ceremony. It was nice, but yet again, the food was subpar. Um, she didn't think of dietary restrictions when thinking of her guest. Uh, Aaron and Abe's friends drafted extremely long speeches about Aaron and Abe. Like speeches lasted an hour. Like, Read the fucking room, you guys. Folks don't want to come to a celebration and hear people talk. Not that long, though. Like, they want to eat, drink, dance, and have a great time. They don't want to hear people talking at them. How many people have to do that during the week? Nah, fam. That that wasn't the thing. Okay, so during those insanely long speeches, Aaron's sister wants to grab screen time so she walks over to the ladies Cy, Jenna, Bren, and Jessel and tells them it's rude for them to be talking during the speeches it, excuse me the speeches are too long and instead of bringing that fucked energy to these ladies why don't you tell your closer friends to shut the fuck up because like last time I checked there were more people talking than just the housewives. And honestly, this is what I appreciate about these ladies. They're not afraid to point out the obvious. Bryn and Cy were like, we're not the only people talking. <laughs> Look around. Well, Jenna and Jessel said they would be quiet, but made snarky remarks when she left. Like, all of them were serving snark, and I loved every single moment of it. I think I like it when... Sai and Jenna get snarky, not with each other, sometimes with each other, but like more than likely just with the situation because they just call out the obvious. And that's what I like about it. Um, Sai ended up leaving the party early because Sai's hungry. And when she's hungry, she needs to eat. And she's a vegetarian, you guys. So, of course, Aaron didn't accommodate guests. 
again, and their dietary needs. Like, I truly think Aaron has a weird relationship with food, in my opinion. Like, you cannot fucking host and not think of all the things for your guests. That is what a host does. If you want people to like your shit, your party, then lean into a little more of, or hire it out and ensure you've checked all your boxes. Like, it's selfish not to do so. And I, and I, Aaron just really doesn't care. She's, it, it's like unnerving a little bit to me. Anyways, she felt some type of way because Cy left and didn't say goodbye. Aaron, you have an event full of people. You wanted Cy to seek you out after those long ass vows to say goodbye? Would it have been nice? Yeah, but I also feel like Aaron would have given her shit for that too. Like Aaron's not happy unless she has things the way that she wants them or has them like, I don't know. I like all the ladies in their own way except for Jessel. Except for Jessel. We know how I feel about Jessel. I'm really trying to be open. But I don't know. Okay. So let's talk about this most recent episode. Uh, Jenna has a photo shoot for her new venture called Love Scene. Um, it's which are fake eyelashes. Uh, she has fake eyelashes herself due to a condition, and she wanted something to cater to that. Uh, Jenna was casting models, and she invited Cy to her, for her perspective. She wanted the BIPOC models to see someone who looked like them. And to be honest, I love this and how aware she is of what she represents, but also what is lacking in that space. There's so many times that you they talk about that in the model space, about the diversity aspect of it, the lack of, and to have Jenna be this mogul, you know, for ex being a CEO of J. Crew, and having her new venture and being like aware of what's going on in society is like, it's a breath of fresh to be honest. Um, I just love Jenna so much because like, she's just so down to earth. One of the models was so nervous and Jenna shared a personal story of how her brother used to call her Jenna, Jenna, genitalia. <laughs> I mean, honestly, she's just so real. Like it's really hard for me to understand why folks don't like her. Um, but anyways, during this time, Jenna tells Sai she's going through a breakup and she gave another down to earth example of how she's okay with being alone, but she distracts herself. And let me tell you something, that is exactly what single folk do is just distract ourselves from not being <laughs> lonely. Oh man, that's amazing. Um, also during this conversation with Sai, Jenna gives Sai a heads up that Aaron will most likely be pissed at her because she left early and Sai says, you know, she doesn't give a fuck. Love Jenna, love Sai. I don't understand viewers don't like them. And I've heard that a lot. I just, I don't get it. Let's move on to Aaron and Abe. Let's talk about what really gets Aaron going. So, Aaron and Abe are recapping their vow ceremony and Abe brings up the comment Bren made, which was a joke saying, technically you didn't say vows, you can get out of the marriage or something along the lines of that. And, and Abe is, he thinks it's funny. Aaron takes it to like the next level. She gets pissed 
I mean, like, real pissed. And this is nothing really to get mad about since, like, Erin knows Bryn. And she knows that Bryn has always been a flirt. But I'm just going to basically tell you guys this. Erin has a stick up her ass this whole episode. There's, There's something that always bothers her. Always something that pisses her off. Like, she can't just have fun and as the season keeps going we start to see that unravel a little bit more and more and more I started this season being like I you know I I'm vibing with Aaron and then as we go on I'm like is she gonna be insufferable by the end of the season I'm not quite sure but she's kind of uptight not kind of like she's uptight then we have Jessalyn Pavitt, or Pavitt. Um, They're having, like, a dinner, and they discuss embryos they still have. Jessel wants a girl, and Pavitt is like, he's happy with the twins. When I tell you Pavitt does not, and I repeat, does not want to have another child with Jessel. (laughs) I mean, listen, having kids obviously changes the dynamic in any relationship, but Pavitt and Jessel are not on the same page when it comes to having more kids. This is the same woman that wants her children to go to a private school, preschool, for 62000 a year. Did you guys hear that? $62,000. That's somebody's fucking salary, and Jessel wants her twins to go there? Preschool? Let me tell you something. Jessel is the definition of of coming from an affluent family in which money is no object. We're not hating. We're just saying, like, honey, what planet are you on? Because you're not on Earth. You know what I mean? But shit, if you got it, I guess you got it. Like, do what you got to do. But Pam is not on the... He's not on the same page. You guys, we've already said that that they might not make it another year in marriage, you know? Um, <laughs> anyways, I think the greatest part about this episode was that Jessel shares that she never told her mom that she went through the IVF process and she explained how her culture views on having kids which I think was very informative because most people, viewers, don't hear about other people's cultures. Maybe surface, but not the nitty-gritty. So I I appreciated that. When Jessel finally told her mother, I am not going to lie to you guys. I, I cried. I know. <laughs> 100% no. But I'm a sucker for a heartfelt moment between mother, daughter, like pretty much anything. And this moment made Jessel less insufferable and more human, in my opinion. Like her mother is her best friend. To hold that secret from her mother really hurt her. But in hindsight, even her mother agreed that I think it was okay for her to keep it to herself because of all the goss a.k.a. the gossip that would have happened amongst her culture and family and all that stuff. So, it was a good moment, you guys. I cried, I know. 
So does Jessel have a chance for me to turn her around from being an insufferable bitch to possibly being likable? Maybe. Jury's still out, though, you know? Let's talk about Brynn and Gideon um, and how they should get married. Like, he's head over heels for her. And she's... I think she likes the attention. You know, they have a really good rapport. I just... We've already heard about Bryn's upbringing and all that jazz. Like, I hope Bryn's in therapy because she's flirty and fun, but it's masking a lot of hurt, and she needs to get past that to get her fairy tale. The good thing about Bryn is that she is aware of what she needs to work on. So, anyways, we tap into that a little bit, but Bryn also, you know, shares that she's thinking about freezing her eggs I just want to let everybody know that freezing eggs is expensive, okay? Freezing eggs cost onwards and upwards of $15,000. I, at one point, personally, was looking into it, and I saw that price taken. I was like, who has fifteen k laying around to freeze eggs when I'm on the brink of sucking dick just to pay for groceries? I'm, I'm kidding, you guys. Like, I'm kidding. <laughs> I would never do that. Not for some eggs. Um, I wouldn't. Desperate times call for desperate measures, but I am never going to lean into that. You know, to all the people that do that, like, hey, do you? Uh, That's just not me, but sometimes I just love to joke about it. Anyways, let's move on to the main event of the episode, uh, and that was the Holiday Wreath Gathering, hosted by Bren, because she loves Christmas, but she also likes to forget about all the things that have to do with Christmas and her family, so she invited all the ladies to come make wreaths. Again, Uba's sick, so she's not attending. Uh, Jessel arrives first, then Jenna, who came bearing a lot of gifts for the ladies. She was open stating was all for her favorite thing as well as small businesses ran by females like Jenna is all about women empowerment that is like such a fantastic thing um, but we'll tap into the gifts a little bit later um, Sai showed up and she obviously didn't like the spread of food I'm gonna honestly tell you it's getting a little bit old we get you're hungry she admits she's picky and you know what you can't really hate on Sai because even listening to how she was brought up, how like, it's like, if you get to a certain level, you just want to turn back. You have standards, you have boundaries, you go for it. So I get it. But Brent's spread was way better than Aaron's, I'll say. Um, anyways, Jessel finding out Jenna's real name was Judith was very interesting. I'm just going to leave it as that. I just... I have these moments with Jessel that I'm like, oh, she's insufferable. And then, oh, she's, she's, she pulled at my heartstrings. And now I'm like, oh, she just can't help herself. She just can't help herself. So we just kind of like leave her alone a little bit, right? Uh, last to arrive to the wreath gathering was Aaron. And when I tell you that when Bryn called Aaron Darth Vader, I laughed 
so hard. <laughs> I'm still laughing on that because it's like, she was like, well, here comes Darth Vader. It was like one of those under the breath, but you kinda type moments. And I just, I appreciate Bren in this moment. Cause like Bren said, Aaron's energy was so dark. When Aaron has an agenda or an issue, she isn't going to let it go until it's heard. That can be a good thing. And then again, that can be a very bad thing. Aaron thinking Bren ruined her vow ceremony is insane. Like Aaron, like get over yourself. It was a fucking comment. You think that one comment ruined your whole ceremony? No, you were just talking about how friends had called you and said, oh my God, the event was so amazing. We loved it. And you think Bren ruined your vow ceremony? Like, I, I don't, like, Aaron, she hits a nerve sometimes. So anyways, Sai starts the conversation asking the ladies, like, what are they doing for the holidays? And of course, Aaron's going to take this moment to make a dig at Sai about her leaving the vow ceremony early and how she has bad manners. But the thing I like about Sai is that she's going to give it right back to whoever throws it at her. And Aaron wasn't expecting it. Aaron basically told Sai to eat before an event to cater to her hunger. Bitch, what? You want me to attend your event and you're not going to feed me? What, what's wrong with that sentence? There are two things real considerate host or event planners think about when it comes to their guests. Where are people going to sit and what the fuck are people going to eat? It's all about comfort. And Aaron saying, eat before you come and say goodbye to me before you leave? Bitch, I'll stay at home. Eat, come, and say goodbye to myself before I subject myself to that nonsense. Are we sick? Aaron is next level nuts. This episode didn't show her in the best light. She is such a hypocrite, but she's not done. She, like, moved on to Bryn. And... And of course, it was a comment made about Abe. Like, mind you, she's hearing all of this hearsay. Girl, take the foot off the gas and step the fuck back. But honestly, I'm really liking how the ladies continue to not back down and throw it back to each other. Like, these ladies have backbones. They're sarcastic, snarky, and a little, sometimes a lot bitchy. And I'm here for it. Um, Aaron came to the wreath gathering thinking she was going to say what she needed to say and shut everyone the fuck up and get the apologies she wanted and needs. And she didn't get that. So what does she do? She storms out of the wreath gathering, calls her sister because she needs someone to validate her behavior. You know what? I just have this feeling that Aaron doesn't take accountability for her actions and always thinks that she's right. And on top of that, she calls her sister and honestly, her sister sounds like a fucking bitch. Like I, ugh, exhausting. And you know what? She wants to call Aaron's sister called Bren rude. Girl, look yourself in the mirror. You're rude too. <laughs> rude. I don't like her. <laughs> Back to Jenna. So Aaron leaves. Jenna now is passing out her gifts. The ladies are now opening up the gifts and noticing the gifts are all gifts that are sponsored by Jenna. And I take it as Jenna doesn't like clutter. And if I had Jenna in my life, I'd lean into all the gifts, honey. All the gifts. So that is where the episode ended. The mid-season trailer was released and it's giving drama. 
and I'm pulling up. I'm going to stay pulled up. I'm here. I'm parked. Okay. And I hope you are too. These ladies are giving this, these ladies are giving what we all have been missing over the last couple of years. It's always been intense. Somebody's had an issue with alcohol. Somebody's been doing fraud. Somebody's has felonies. Somebody's lying. Somebody's racketeering. You know what I mean? All these things. But these ladies are back to basics, you guys. Back to basics. And now that this is happening and the season of Real Housewives of Atlanta has ended and everybody thinks that that was a terrible season, and it was, I never finished it, um, they're thinking about, well, the rumor has it that they cut every single person off of Atlanta and they are going to do a reboot like New York. So, you know, I guess we just got to... You know, stay tuned to what's next for Atlanta. I don't really believe that all of them are going to get cut, but you just never know. What might work in New York might not work in Atlanta, you guys. Like, come on. But you know what? I'm interested in seeing what happens. I think I'm just going to kind of let it go like I let go of New York. And hey, we pulled up to a great new franchise or, you know, uh, a breath of fresh. So I'm gonna take a short break. I'm gonna come back and we are, I'm going to discuss the last two episodes of the ultimatum. All right, stay tuned. Do you want to know what I find funny? I find funny that my humor sometimes is like, I'm funny. And some people are like, Oh, if you say you're funny, you're not so funny. But like, I'm literally funny, but my jokes sometimes might not land unless you really know me. Some people out there are probably thinking, would she really suck dick for like anything? Like, no, you guys, I, no, I just am very sarcastic when it comes to that. Um, you're probably thinking, why would you have to come on here and explain that? Because not all of you really know me like that. So, (laughs) oh man, it's really fucking late. Um, (laughs) So let's talk about the ultimatum, the last two episodes. What the fuck did I watch? And like, here's my thing. The ultimatum slid into my life, snuck the fuck up on me. And I went rallying for everybody to watch this shit. I told y'all in the bonus episode how excited I was to watch the season these couples are train wrecks, bonafide train wrecks. And now I've seen all the episodes. So I'm telling you, if you haven't watched all episodes yet and don't want spoilers, stop now and circle back after you watched everything. Okay. For those of you who have seen it all, what the fuck did we indulge in only to have these fucking train wrecks actually choose each other? Every single one of these goon balls went through this experiment and still selected each other. Make it make sense because the math is a math in. And if I can calculate this math properly, then I know something's wrong. Okay. I feel bamboozled. Are we watching couples go through the process to only take the money? I don't know. I feel like the last two episodes were a waste. They're so young. They obviously have a lot of issues, but they're choosing to work through it. Okay. I mean, let's really discuss this reunion or lack of it. Vanessa was back to being her insufferable self. 
I love saying the word insufferable, you guys. I love this word. It is just, oh, it's, what's the main word that I've said this episode? Insufferable. How many people in your life are insufferable? I hope not many. You shouldn't have a lot of people in your life who are insufferable. But you will meet a lot of people who are insufferable. Or watch them. And Vanessa Lachey is insufferable. We must have caught her on a bad week or month in the first eight episodes. Okay? We must have because she was like really into her feelings. And I would have been too. If my husband got court ordered for anger management, I would be in my feelings. The curtains are off the window, you guys. You guys now know that my husband goes zero to a thousand real quick. 98 degrees? Fuck, he goes 100. I mean, I don't even know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So remember Lisa and Brian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa who muffed Brian, put her hands on Brian came up with the pregnancy that Lisa uh-huh that girl well they uh they attended the reunion to only solidify that she was actually pregnant they're still not married and in my opinion Brian ain't never gonna marry her he's never gonna marry her you guys Lisa lacks accountability yet she did say what majority of viewers were thinking about Raya but all Lisa had to do was apologize to Raya since Raya is a Hooters girl and Lisa used to be a Hooters girl. You can't put down something that you were, girl. You can't call somebody a hoe if you were a hoe. I mean, I take that back. I take that back. I mean, you can, but you have to come at it from a different angle. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. So, she just couldn't do it. And... She's, let me tell you guys something. She's grateful. Lisa is so grateful that that baby was conceived at the time it was because she would have lost Brian to, forever to Raya. She knows it too. Like deep down in her soul, guts of all guts, she knows that Brian would have leaned into Raya real quick. Okay. The insecurity is so real. And I think. Because my mind always thinks there's levels to this shit, I think Lisa either poked a hole in her diaphragm, stopped taking that pill, removed her IUD, IUD, like something to conceive that child in the timeline of this show. You can't change my mind. She's a calculated hoe. You can't change it. Lisa's a, on a different level. There is things behind that smile. Don't let them eyebrows fool you, okay? Mm-hmm. Calculated. Ho. Uh, let's talk about Roxanne. Uh, Roxanne is not white. She's not brown. She's fucking orange. You ever see the show on TLC called My Strange Addiction? I believe Roxanne's addiction is self-tanner. She still doesn't want to marry Antonio. She's settling because that pipe he's laying is too good to let go. Go to his IG page, you guys. The pics don't lie. Antonio got a big brat in his pants. So Roxy is hypnotized by that stadium brat, if you know what I mean. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> and the other couple's just boring. Fucking boring. 
Alex still looks like a serial killer. I mean, the reunion was so fucking boring that the cast played a game of who would this be due to the lack of drama. I told you guys, lips so dry. The reunion could be like some work meetings and email. Like, I, it was just so lackluster. I never thought each and every couple would still be together. I mean, if viewers wanted an example of settling, look no further. The Ultimatum Season 2 is a perfect example of that. I am, to the, from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry. All of us wasted our time. But this reality TV shit is like a drug, you know? I can't stop taking it. I can't stop watching it. Who can? You're going to put it in front of my face? I'm going to watch it. <laughs> That's all I got from it. Literally. All I got from the ultimatum. That the first eight episodes, and then we come to the decision day, and it was just, what? What? You said what? I was disappointed. And I know you were too. And if somebody was like, I really liked the last two episodes, you're high, you're drunk, you're sedated, you're not in your right mind, because that was not these last two episodes. So that's all I have, you guys. Um, that's it. Uh, thanks for tapping in. Your listenership is greatly appreciated, especially you guys are listening to me. This is my bedroom voice because I'm so fucking tired and I need to go to the gym in the morning. Um, when you have a moment, please leave me a five-star review on either Apple or Spotify. Greatly appreciate it. I love this, but I'm going to bed, you guys, and you're going to listen to this bright and bushy tail in the morning. I hope you all have a great Labor Day. Until next time. Stay classy. Cheers, y'all.